Everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time, and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. We would love to have have Kelvin back. The sky's the limit. He's only going to get better uh, because of the way he works. You know, when you love something as much as he loves football, you can't help but get better. Stepping up, stepping up, fires it deep downfield, wants Calvin Ridley. Calvin's out there, Calvin's got it, five-yard line, into the end zone, touchdown, Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley for the score. Yeah, Josh will be a jammer. Young goes down again, and it's Josh Allen. Boy, they're starting to pin their ears back. You got to take a competitive football team and turn it into a champion. That's that's not easy, but that's our job. You only get so many windows in this league, and and we feel like with the personnel that we have, and we'll continue to add. You know, our window, our windows now. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents. Jaguars Today with your hosts, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. All right, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome in. Super Bowl week. Jaguars Today off and rolling on this Monday. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. Sorry I left you hanging Friday, Tone. It's it's all good, man. Yeah. I I don't know if I could ever recall. I could see you struggling. I I mean, (laughs) it was a struggle to get through the second segment of the show. Uh, And I don't know if I ever recall. Like, sometimes I'm too sick to come in like anybody else in any Mm -hmm. job. Uh, I don't ever recall necessarily leaving a show mid-show. No. It was kind of one of those deals like, all right, I, I made it in. I'll tough it out for two hours. It's not the most grueling job in no. the world. but yeah. uh, I can remember you had like a sick day, uh, one day during the season. It was early on in the season. I remember you sharing that with me, but you did the show. Like, you got here and had gone through whatever that experience yes. was, but you still did there, the show. There was another one where yeah. I came in and I didn't make it to the show yeah. uh, last year. But uh, I, anyway. Uh, it happens. Sorry or congratulations to all of you for not having to deal with me for the final uh, hour plus on Friday with Tony and Tom McManus uh, doing a typical great job. Pockets, how was your weekend? It was good, man. I met, I met me a legend Saturday down at uh, New Smyrna Speedway. Uh, Raheem Mostert. Negative. Okay. He went to, well, Raheem Mostert went to New Smyrna High School. Don't know if you That's knew right. that. He was, oh, yeah. he was in knocks. the area. So, yeah. yeah thought, thought it might have been him. Yeah. Uh, who was it? It was a uh, Mike Skinner. He used to oh. drive the Cup Series mm-hmm. trucks. Legend. Yeah. All right. New just Smyrna Speedway. You know. So you're just checking out the uh, old Volusia County Speedway down there. Yeah, you know? no, yeah. Uh, it was uh, my uncle drives super late mod. And okay. uh, he has one of the cars. He got second. Right but, there on uh, State Road 44, right? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Been by it many times. Mm-hmm. Um, did I, you ask him how tires go from no problem to metal on metal? <laughs> no, I did not. What happened there? No, nah, my brakes was all messed up. I got them fixed. <laughs> had bad brakes and rotors and got them fixed. And but then, you're good now. Yeah, we're good now. And my uh-huh. brake fluid was black. All right. Fine. It needs to be like green tea. Yeah. So Oof. we're good. You know, I need it to, only costs money. I, I'm looking at myself on the uh, YouTube video, Tony. I think I need some sun. Uh, I, I hit golf balls a lot, but I do it with the long sleeves on. Mm-hmm. I get the short sleeves on today. Your boys are looking pretty uh, winter pale right now, <laughs> I got to say. That's it's how I – at least I, I think I'm even more pale on the YouTube video. But go check us out on the YouTube. If you'd like, uh, hit us up on social media all week long, as you always do, at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, at 1010XL Denmark, 
as well, uh, where we're going to be Super Bowl heavy this week, but obviously tying it in to your Jacksonville Jaguars. And this one uh, has to do with your expectations for the lifespan of Trevor Lawrence here in Jacksonville. And we're going to assume for purposes of this question that he signs at least one long-term extension in Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. right? And if he does, Tony, he's probably going to spend a decade here as a quarterback, maybe even longer. Like, we'll have to see him play every year sure. of his career yeah. and be super successful, win many championships and, and all that stuff. But at the very least, let's presume he gets one major extension, four or five years, whatever the case may be. He's going to play a decade of football in Jacksonville. So with that, if that happens, what's the peak that the Jags will reach in Trevor Lawrence's time with the team? They've already made it to the divisional round of the playoffs. So there are only three levels you can go up from that. So you could play in the AFC title game, which the Jags have done three separate times in their history, never advanced beyond that. That is the peak of Jaguar football mm-hmm. all time. You could be AFC champs. In other words, make it to a Super Bowl, but come up short. And that's the thing. You assume, hey, we're getting to a Super Bowl. A, you know, you think you're always going to get back. You'll have more chances. It doesn't always work that way. By this time, Dan Marino in his career, comparing him to Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. The Super Bowl was in his rear view, never to be seen again. Went in his second year. Had a high-scoring affair with Joe Montana. Montana's 49ers beat him. No big deal, Tony. We'll get a few pieces around Marino sure. here. We'll yeah. fix up the defense. We'll get him a running game. We'll do whatever. Didn't ever happen. Didn't happen. Not to yeah. the level that they needed to get back to where they had made it to with Marino. Yeah, or, I think he made it to... The conference championship game two times. Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, and just, but didn't get back to that didn't level. Get back to the again. Super Bowl. And yeah. even if you get back there, you got to win it. Then once you get there, I don't know. I I think it's worse to never get there. Right? It just it, it's more of an achievement to get there mm-hmm. uh, and to lose. You know, people have said that about Michael Jordan. Look, he never lost in the championship. To me, like, if you win six out of six opportunities, that's fantastic. But if you win six out of ten or six, you know, that's even better. Because, you know, your best six seasons, you made it there and you won it. So did the other guy. But his next best three seasons, he advanced further than you took any other team. You know, like, it it is okay to advance. It's better to advance, to me at least in the sum total of things. I'd rather be an AFC champ. It may burn you more in the moment. I'd rather be an AFC champ mm-hmm. that lost a heartbreaker in the Super Bowl and knew you were all that close than to never get there and yeah, experience it. I'd agree. Right? So you could have uh, you could choose playing the AFC title game. You could choose AFC champs or obviously Super Bowl champs where as of right now, we got a, a big rush of votes in on this one. Just posted it up about 30 minutes ago. I got over 250 votes on this already. Still 56% of people who are voting so far feel that the peak for the Jags, that they will win a Super Bowl championship. Or the other end of the spectrum, have they already peaked? Will they ever get beyond the divisional round if you don't think they'll ever go further than they've already gone in the playoffs with Trevor Lawrence? That would be your answer there as well. So uh, what's the peak for the Jags in Trevor Lawrence's time with the team? Super Bowl champs, AFC champs playing the title game. Or, no, they've already peaked. We've seen the best of that. So we can uh, discuss that and uh, get a little bit in depth on that throughout the course of the day today. Did you watch any of the uh, Pro Bowl festivities? I watched all of it. Did you? Yeah. Then we average about watching half of it. Yeah. I watched all of it on Thursday and then 
or Friday and then watched all of it again yesterday. I watched yeah. a little of the game yesterday, mm-hmm. and I tried. And I didn't try that hard because I didn't, like, make no. plans, you know, to watch the game at a certain time. I, I, like, middle of the afternoon, I'm like, oh, I bet the Pro Bowl flag football competition, for mm-hmm. if you want to call it that, is on. <laughs> I watched about two drives worth. I saw Minshew throw a touchdown. I saw Sauce Gardner get an interception. A lot of guys sucking wind out there, man. I'll yeah. tell you that, right? Yeah. Like, is couple this, weeks not playing football. Yeah, is that it? Is I it, think or, so. Yeah. Or is it just that we don't stick a microphone in their face? This is not the XFL, <laughs> not right? That like, often. Yeah. I mean, Sauce Gardner, yeah, like Sauce a full, like two gas. minutes later, he's like, uh, yeah. I feel I can call my breath, and he only he didn't even run it back the whole way. And and you got like, I'm it's just only thinking, a fifty yard field. Was it a fifty yard field? Yeah. Okay, well he only ran it back like half the way. Then. Yeah. Yeah, uh, is what he, he ran did. about forty yards. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I guess they did. It was weird. Uh, okay, I. You know, it's funny. I watched like two drives. Didn't even realize it. Where they there was no kickoff. Right there, no just... kickoff. No, you get the ball at your own five. Okay, so that's and what midfield's it was. a first down. You have four downs. Gotcha. Once you, you can cross make midfield, one first down. First kind of like how we yeah. did when we played flag back yeah. in the day in intramurals. Yeah. You know, you had like uh, every. It was we played on an eighty-yard field. Every twenty yards was a first down. Like mm-hmm. you started at twenty. If you made. Midfield or the other 20, you can get first downs that way. Yeah. That kind of thing. We're so progressive. Yeah, I will say, you know, because the last couple of years I have watched the flag football games especially, but I've I've watched all, like, the skills contests, everything for the last couple of years. I'm not saying it's for everybody, and it's not ridiculous to not watch it if it's just not something that interests you. But it's not like I ever watched anything that was going on with the Pro Bowl. I wasn't watching the Pro Bowl. Every year before that, for whatever reason, this has me more interested than the Pro Bowl had me interested uh, before they were doing it under this current format. At least for me, it's more interesting. It's, you know, everyone choose it. However, throw it away as much as you want to. It's all fine. If you like it, that's fine. You know, if anyone likes it, that's fine. I just, it doesn't, you know, dodgeball and throwing balls at targets. It's not, it's not that interesting to me, you know, Um, but, and I'm watching it and I'm thinking, I mean, just because we're not playing on sand here, do we forget what happened with Robert Edwards? Yeah. I'm watching these. Yeah. Like, it, well, Miles Garrick had the mild injury last year, right? Doing the like gauntlet, I think they called it this year. They switched it up a little bit, but that was the event that he got injured in last year. It wasn't a major injury, but it was like, whoa, is this going to be the end of the AF, like the Pro Bowl as they're currently doing it? Right. No, they tweaked some things and kept doing it. Like it's. Okay. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, you know, I hear uh, like when Sauce Gardner gets the pick, right, and he's running back, and they they show a clip because everyone's mic'd up. Like I think yeah. if you were sitting in the thirty seventh row, you were probably mic'd yeah. up at the they Pro had a Bowl, right? Fifty seven thousand person crowd for that yesterday, and, which is unbelievable. But yeah. it's not an NFL city, no. And you know, we we're spoiled to a large degree, right? We you and I go to every Jag game. We see all these sure. teams come in, and we and we get to do all this stuff, and you know. Uh, it's different, you know, if you live down there, you live in Central Florida, whatever, or you just maybe you're in a market mm-hmm. where you want to take a vacation and go it's down Orlando. where the weather's not. It's better, yeah. right? There's you get a lot to go to Disney. To you can go watch the Pro Bowl and go to Disney. All right, Fine. so I, I'm not, I guess, that shocked at it, but um, I see on a replay of that play, Peyton Manning is yelling, pitch it, lateral, lateral. And I'm like, man, you know, like, can't you just be satisfied with, like, no third, you know. He and Eli are going after one another. Oh, I know they are. Yeah. I know they are. But I wonder what they get 
compensated for yeah, doing these kind of things. Like, I thought about that. Like Eli Manning's got to be getting something for coaching this team, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's uh, obviously beyond meaningless. Like it, of course it is. You know, the whole thing is beyond meaning. But you watch those two guys when you're going to the fourth quarter of that the flag football game, and it's within a touchdown of each other, and you can see the competitiveness for both teams. It's like, well, now it's winning time, right? And it does feel like the intensity ratchets up for whatever that's worth in a game with that kind of format, but it did. There was some level of intensity. It's obviously not NFL intensity uh, there and between the two brothers, and it's part of the reason I've enjoyed watching it the last couple of years. I want to watch Peyton Manning lose. Right, okay. like that's part of what I'm watching. It's like I'd rather watch Eli Manning win and Peyton Manning lose, and they've made it a team competition between these two guys. I'm pulling for Eli's team, even with that being the NFC versus the AFC. Pull for the Jaguars players when they're on the field hey, and Eli's team. Fair enough. If that's how you do it, you know we all have our ways of watching Whatever. things and yeah. rooting for things and rooting for outcomes. So, all right. With all that said, uh, let's focus in on your Jags this week, but. What it takes, what are the missing pieces to get them to be one of these teams that's talked about for Super Bowl 59 mm-hmm. or Super Bowl 60, where we've got a week of build-up New Orleans next year, Tone. Let's take the whole station to New Orleans and eat etouffee <laughs> and watch the Jags whip up on somebody in the NFC. I'm all about it. Uh, so if you want to be on uh, today or any time this week, you know the ways to do it. 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines or on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. We've got Mike DiRocco joining us. He was covering the Pro Bowl festivities this week we'll get his thoughts on what are some of the major pieces uh the Jags could move around or some of the major additions that that would put them in a better opportunity at least to be a legitimate contender for Super Bowl 59 next Mm -hmm. year so D-Rock coming up about 30 minutes from now uh you're welcome to get in also it's not going to be the swag bag per se we'll call it the Jag bag I think this year Super Bowl Jag bag contest we'll explain the details they're pretty simple and we'll explain at least as of now what's in the jag bag that you may be able to get your hands on and uh we'll tell you how you could enter coming up in just a minute so stick around for that mike dempsey tony smith dylan denmark here with you already gave him out but once again hit us up on social media at md underscore 1010 xl at 1010 xl fat tony and at 1010 xl denmark and Let's vote go on racing, boys! oh is this a new one is this a new one for oh, you? I'm in the mood for NASCAR. <laughs> All right. Fine, man. It just caught me by surprise. I didn't really even give you a little hezzy on the uh, letting you play the pockets uh, in there. So, all right. I, I, I need to know. Make sure we uh, we get all those racing references. He's in a NASCAR frame of mind, apparently, ladies Only and gentlemen. Only in February. That's fine. And then, you know, March, I don't know. It'll be something different. All right. That's fine. You know what? Uh, you do you, Pockets. Tune in every day to find out what Pockets has uh, next as his uh, audio accompaniment. All right, so we're ready to roll. D-Rock coming up in less than 30 minutes. What will the peak be for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the Trevor Lawrence era? Will they actually win a Super Bowl? How confident are you, and where do you fit in with the rest of the fandom right now? Something we'll be discussing throughout the day. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now more Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, just typing up some of the rules to the uh, Super Bowl Jag Bag Contest that mm-hmm. we're going to do this year. Pretty straightforward. It's very much similar to the Swag Bag Contest we've done in the past. Tone, I'm going to have uh, Jaguar-themed goodies, uh, including some commemorative uh, unopened 
bottles of soda from the 90s that commemorated a, a there's one from 93 when the franchise was awarded mm-hmm. there's one from the inaugural game there you know the one commemorating the inaugural season oh, they're very cool and like you can't they're not you can't just get them anywhere no right? yeah they they were there're probably a bunch of them around Jacksonville from people who collected them back in the day but I had a few of those sets yeah. not Jaguars related but uh whatever related like I had a set of Pepsi's from when Shaq got drafted in Orlando for whatever reason. They do all that kind of stuff, yeah, right? I had so some Braves championship cokes. I'm going to take one out of each kind, put it together and make like a I don't know, it's five or six different kinds and mm-hmm. along with some other Jaguar related paraphernalia. I know I've got a Leonard Fournette bobblehead uh in a Jaguar uniform that I don't it's a bobble <laughs> or it's a Pop Funko is what. It's not a bobblehead, mm-hmm. it's a Pop Funko that I bought a few years ago just thinking ah I'll give this to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, now's the time. Yeah. So all you got to do is listen closely. <laughs> hey, that's all you have to do. Just listen closely. <laughs> but uh, I'll explain this very simply, and we'll repeat it many times throughout the week. So you have any opportunity, you can go to um, Twitter or X, and I'm typing it up now as we speak with the details. But want an email, one single email. If you send two emails on the subject, you're disqualified from winning. So be careful. Think about it. You don't have to send it today. First come, first serve has nothing to do with this. Before kickoff on Sunday. Before kickoff on Sunday. Correct. Okay. I want one email uh, in the subject line, you know, Super Bowl, Super Bowl contest. Doesn't have to, you know, something like that. Right. Um, Something that's evident that I'll know to look. Jag bag. Be good. We Mm -hmm. used to do swag bag. Don't want to make it confusing. All right. (laughs) So in it, predict two things. One, who's going to win the game? Which team? That's it. No point spread, nothing. Just who is winning the game, okay? Everyone who gets that part right, we go on to part two. Part two is make a prediction of one thing that will happen during the game. Could be Patrick Mahomes completes a pass. Well, you got a pretty good chance of that happening, right? Yes. So everybody then who gets the, let's say you pick the Niners to win, okay, and the Niners win. Everyone who picked the Niners to win and gets the prediction of what will happen in the game right goes into – the voting room. Consideration. Consideration. Yes. And then we decide, oh, okay, Patrick Mahomes completing one pass. That's not a very high bar. We're going to try to vote amongst ourselves and its own our own subjective feeling on it. Mm-hmm. What was the least likely thing to happen that actually came true based on prediction? And that person will be declared the winner. So, in other words, you want to make it easy enough that you can get it right, but complicated enough that it, it will pass muster as the least likely to have been right. Yeah. So you don't want to do, and I, we tell people this every year, you don't want to make specific predictions. So-and-so will have 137 yards and two touchdowns. If you say at least 137 yards, fine, then you get everything over that, right? But if you say 137 yards and they have 136 or 138, mm-hmm. you're not winning. Yeah, so the verbiage matters. Don't, yeah, don't make it impossible yeah. for yourself to win. Don't make some crazy thing because the it's not like the prize is a – uh, a new Cadillac Eldorado. Yeah. And once you send it and you're like, oh, I didn't mean when you send the second one, you're out. So yes, I, or I forgot to d- do yeah. this. Proofread it. Proofread and, and just yeah. read everything. Make sure it says what you want it to say. Yes. And then send it. Yes. And and also, I'm going to put this in, and I may, you know, vary on this. I may not. I don't know. Uh, because we're going to have, like, glass bottle. I can already imagine we're going to have all kinds of weird stuff yeah. in this thing. You've got to... It, the winners have to pick up their prize at 10TEDxL World Headquarters here in Jacksonville. All right, I'm not going to be resp- – now, who knows? Will I change my mind and mail it to you? Maybe, but <laughs> don't count on it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if that's a sticking point for you, you certainly don't have to enter. 
or you can enter and say, hey, give my prize to somebody else if you're right. unable to mail it to me. So anyway, there's that. Um, I will get all the details posted up on uh, at MD underscore 1010XL as quickly as possible. Let's go to the phones for the first time today. Thomas on the west side wants to weigh in on uh, our Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day. We're starting off with here. If Trevor Lawrence gets at least one long-term contract extension with the Jags, what's the peak you see the Jags performing under his leadership? Thomas, what's up this morning, man? How are you? Well, uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Go Jaguars. I'm going to go on the limb, and I'm going to say the Jaguars will be the next dynasty. The next dynasty? I'm like that. I say at least two championships, but I, I, I think we're going to be the next dynasty. Okay. What, what, how do you define a dynasty? Like two championships in what period of time? Uh, I would say – Three in like five years. There, I think that we, what we need to do, and I and I'll say this: I go after Aaron Donald in the in the uh, in the off season. I think he was for help fortify that defensive front, uh, fortify the middle of the offensive line. So I think our pieces outside of that. I think you look at it: our receivers, our tight ends, our running backs, our skill positions, and, and the deep defensive backfield. Uh, we actually look pretty good. It's just that, you know, a lot of people got Trevor mixed up. Say, oh, well, he didn't do so good. I said he was running for his life the whole time. And what proved it was last year when we they started winning that second half, he was getting protection. And you see, if you protect Trevor, he can pick people apart. He can pick a lot of teams apart. All right. Well, so, th- Thomas, you're a confident one. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you went you went from at least two to three and five years in the span of two sentences. So that's good. And, and look, I appreciate. It. I like the optimism, man. I appreciate the call. Thanks for getting us rolling here. Three and I, five would qualify as dynasty. Does yeah. two and four qualify? That's what the Chiefs are right now. Yeah, probably close enough. Yeah. Right, like it. It would feel like you're the dominant team of a half decade at least. Yes. Right. Unless somebody won those two in between. Like, if you won, somebody won two, and you won one. Right, yes. I'll, I'll take that debate, right? I'll, let's have that debate, please. <laughs> By the way, Aaron Donald is not a free agent. No. Um, he's under contract for one more year. There's barely a half million dollars in cap savings to the Rams if they let him go. Yeah. On the, on the, uh, I think we've gotten to a point with Aaron Donald in his career that he's not going to wear any uniform but that Rams uniform. I, I don't think so. And, like, would he solve a lot of problems? Sure. Uh, could we find $33 million to, in cap space? That, that's what he's counting right now, $34 yep. million. His actual salary is only $10 million this year. So, you know, if you were to trade for him, here's the problem. If the Rams had fallen apart last year, it'd be more likely that you could see that happening. They lost by a single point to Detroit in a game they obviously could have won mm-hmm. in the postseason and felt pretty good about themselves, I think, going in. So, whereas, yeah, I'd... Sure, bring me Aaron Donald. I think that would solve a lot of problems, even at his age. I think he'd be, still be a potentially dominant player for this football team. Yeah. You know, I, I would love to have him for a year or two. Uh, I don't think it's realistic, though. Mm-hmm. Not with the, the Jags' cap situation, the amount of money they have tied up in the defensive line. Uh, I'm not saying that you wouldn't take Aaron Donald over anybody you have on the defensive line. It's not that. I'm, I'm talking about interiorly mm-hmm. right now. Josh Allen's uh, honestly in a different category you uh, Josh Allen because of the age factor I mean if you could have 
Aaron Donald or Josh Allen signed to a contract, Tony, I take Josh Allen all day long. Uh, by the time he's done with this contract, he'll just be getting to the age that Aaron Donald's at right now. Yeah. You know, and he has kind of flirted with stepping aside in recent years. So wouldn't mind it. Uh, I didn't necessarily expect Jags are the next dynasty right out of the gates. No. You know, <laughs> be nice if we had put together back-to-back playoff seasons. Mm-hmm. I, I do appreciate the fact that there are still true believers out there, and I hope they're right, right? Like, I mean, we, we're not just going to pretend that Trevor Lawrence threw 35 touchdowns and eight picks this year. It didn't happen. So he's got a lot of growing to do. Uh, if he does, I think they can win a championship with mm-hmm. him. Honestly, I think betting-wise, like if if you're betting the odds, Jags probably don't win a championship in Trevor Lawrence's tenure. That doesn't mean that's what I'm going to pick because you can vote with more than logic. You can kind of vote with what you want to see happen. Yeah, um, I'm kind of torn between a couple of them, like either winning the whole thing or maybe just making it back to the AFC title game or will the Jags be one of those franchises that for decades – just never makes it to a Super Bowl. I don't know. There's mm-hmm. no reason why they can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because they play in Jacksonville, they haven't made it before. Detroit almost made it this year. There's no curse on the Detroit Lions that is keeping them out of it. Their curse had been poor management for years and years and years or not having the right quarterback or whatever combination of factors, but they seem to have figured things out right now. If Detroit were to go to the Super Bowl next year, would it shock you or surprise you? It shouldn't. No. Right? No, they were right on the doorstep of it this year. We'll see if they can manage the expectations being ratcheted up that high. You know, coming off as successful a season as the Lions have had in franchise history, right? Like, that's what they just had. They hadn't been to the NFC Championship game since 1993, and this was just the second time they had ever achieved at that kind of level in the Super Bowl era. They've won a championship back in 1957. That's the last time the city of Detroit celebrated a football championship. Right, so when you hear long-suffering Jag fans, you know, I mean. I'm not saying you haven't. Right. Right. There have been ways that you've suffered. There's no question about it. You've been one of the worst franchises, worst run franchises in the league for most of the last couple of decades. Mm -hmm. Not every single year in there. But there are teams that, believe it or not, have had it worse than you. In that same period of time. All right, D-Rock, uh, we always have it better when Mike DiRocco joins us from ESPN. Coming up in just a moment on the other side, uh, if you'd like to get in, weigh on today's question of the day or any other Jaguar-adjacent topic or the Super Bowl upcoming, Super Bowl 58, uh, hit us up today at 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark, Mike DiRocco coming up on the other side. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. Jaguars today on 1010XL. Ah, classic 80s with Mike DiRocco. Gotta love him. ESPN's (laughs) finest. Covering your Jacksonville Jaguars. It doesn't matter. There's no offseason, particularly when the Pro Bowl is right down the road in Orlando, Florida. Tony, let's say good morning to our good friend D-Rock here and uh, welcome him aboard. Michael, good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm great, guys. How are you? Uh, We're well. uh, Just guessing you might not have been able to make that Pro Bowl trip had it been in Honolulu, or or am I wrong about that? (laughs) Yeah, uh, I might not have been able to make that Pro Bowl trip if it was like in Tampa. Uh, or Orlando is probably the range there. 
just funny within thing range. Is, is, yeah, I just, like, I wasn't supposed to help cover it, and I just asked, I'm like, hey, can I get a credential so I can just go down and talk to the Jags guys? Because yeah. you know, I miss locker room clean out. And they're like, yeah, no problem. And then, like, last week or the week before, I get an email. Okay, here's the coverage plan for the Pro Bowl. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> I was not supposed to be there for five days. But, uh, no, I mean, it was a fun event. And, uh, you know, driving around Orlando was always a treat. Oh, always a treat. Mike, Mike's in a great mood this morning. Uh, t- tell yeah, because I'm coming home. I guess that's it, right? Um, tell us about your interactions with Josh Allen this week. And, you know, we all here locally made a, a fairly big deal out of Trent Balky saying now about a week and a half ago that he had not had any contact with Josh Allen's representation in terms of uh, what's going to happen in terms of keeping him here in Jacksonville, but stated that he will be here, obviously. The specter of the franchise tag uh, gives them the final say in that, uh, D-Rock. How did Allen react to any of this uh, when you talked to him last week? Yeah, you know, he was very diplomatic uh, about that and, you know, reiterated that he wants to be in Jacksonville. He loves it there. Um, You know, he hopes things get done, but, you know, that's an agent deal that he's got to, you know, uh, he'll – let his agent handle all that, all the politically correct stuff mm. that you would expect him to say, you know, but then I talked to some people um, sort of close to the situation there and, you know, he's, he's nervous. Um, you know, he's a little bit, you know, you don't know what's happening. you like, you don't know where, whether you're going to be able to stay here. He's not sure uh, or nervous about the franchise tag. Are they going to make him play on the one year on the franchise tag? Is there going to be any kind of negotiation between, um, you know, the two sides for a long-term deal, what kind of money can you get? I mean, it's just sort of he, the uneasiness of the unknown, um, you know, and we'll find out relatively shortly here because what is it, the 20, is the 22nd the first day they the, can put the, the franchise tag? I believe it's the 20th, 20th. yep. <laughs> right, and then they, they can only use it between, or apply it, I guess, between then and then I want to say it's like two weeks or a week before March. It's like, yeah, Mar- March 4th or 5th. Yep, they get about a two-week yeah. window there. Right. So we'll see. Um, I mean, I, I I expect them to put it on him just because you need to protect yourself from the Jaguars' perspective. You don't want him hitting free agency at all, and you don't want to be rushed into a deal that you don't really feel good about if you're trying to negotiate before the free agency window because you know if he hits the market, he'll be, uh, he'll be the most sought-after uh, free age, uh, defensive free agent, probably, um, you know, and he'll get a deal that the Jags probably wouldn't want to have to to pay. So, you know, I expect the franchise tag to be used on him, and then, you know, that buys them time, and and you know, maybe they can get something done before free agency. But most likely, it's negotiations would go on into the summer, and you'd see something sort of like the uh, Evan Ingram deal, where he signed the you know his extension just before camp. So, what if? They don't get that extension done, right? Josh has a set of parameters that he thinks he's worth, and that's his prerogative, and the Jags feel the same. And I, By the way, there's no doubt they'll use the franchise tag if they don't get a deal done in the next few weeks, D-Rock, because they're, they're not going to let him walk for nothing. I right. mean, that would be crazy. Do you, and I, I know this is projecting a lot, but under that circumstance, it's August. Uh, has Josh Allen showed up if he's still under the franchise tag and they don't have a long-term deal done? Well, I don't expect him to be there for OTA's voluntary stuff. Uh, he's going to do the same off season that he did 
last year, the same training schedule and all that good stuff. And he did not show up for, um, you know, the OTAs and the voluntary conditioning and all that other stuff. He was there for the mandatory mini camp, uh, but he was under contract. So I'm not sure. Uh, and I didn't get a sense or I got a sense that, that even he's not sure what he does at that point, if he doesn't have the long-term deal in, in June. And then obviously when you go back to August, like you're saying, you know, look, you don't show up now. They're fine. The fines are, are not rescindable now. Uh, you know, that that's one of the things that was, I guess, placed in the new CBA is that, you know, uh, before teams would waive the fine. It's like, okay, my guy's here. Finally, we got a deal done. We're not going to bother finding you. Well, now the fines can't be waived. So not only would you risk fines like that, you risk not getting any money at all. Well, but and, if, he, uh, if he doesn't sign the tag, they can't find him. He's not under contract. Right, 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 uh, right. But if, if we were talking tag or extension, if he doesn't no, have an but extension, I'm saying if they, but they use the right, tag. If yeah. they, but they can tag him, and if I'm Josh Allen, what does? how long does he go, nope, not going to sign it, waiting on that oh, long-term I extension? Yeah. like Okay, I, I misunderstood what you were asking. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I did not talk to him or anyone near him about that. I, look, I get the sense from, from Josh that – you got to do what's right for your family and you got to do what's right for you. Um, and he's made his position pretty well known. Look, look, I, I want to be here long term. Um, you know, but if you don't sign the tag and you don't show up, you know, you risk, are you going to sit out? You know what I mean? Are you not going to play in 2024? You know, that's the risk that you take if you're going to take that strong stance. And I think we have a good idea from the last several years of Trent Balky that he wouldn't be a guy that would be held hostage, so to speak on, on a, a threat like that. Um, so yeah, it, it, we had a long way to go between then and a lot of stuff can happen. Um, I know Evan Ingram, you know, obviously didn't sign the, the franchise tag right away and, and was going to show up and play anyway. I mean, eventually signed, you know, if they hadn't come up to a deal, he would have signed the tag and he would have been there. Uh, anyway, because like I said, you don't leave money on the table, but that was Ingram. And this is a different situation with Josh, but I kind of, I kind of think they'll get something done. It may not be early, um, but I kind of think it'll be an Ingram situation where they get something done in, you know, July and he signs it when he reports for camp. Imagine the pickle they'd be in right now. If Ingram had been playing under the tag. Yeah, yeah, right. And they had 14 catches. Going to get you a had, lot of money. In right, had that guy as a potential free agent. As it is, you know, it's Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley trying to figure out how they would be able to potentially hold on to both those guys. I'm with you. It appears that the direction they're going with Josh Allen is the tag. With that being said, where do you put the odds currently for Calvin Ridley playing in Jacksonville next year? Uh you know. 30, 70 that he's here, maybe mm. like, look, he, he's looking for a payday. Absolutely. Uh, you know, he's trying to get that second deal. And if there's a position that you could probably take a little bit of a risk on, it's that wide receiver. Uh, you saw what they did last uh, two years ago when they were healthy in 2022. And then you would just expect your guys to be healthy again in 2024. So that offense hummed along and, you know, this is, a chance to, you know, bring in a rookie as a high draft pick, you know, to kind of get yourself positioned for 2025, 2026, when you're going to be making some decisions on those guys. So I think if you 
have to lose one of those two guys, I think you take the bath on Calvin Ridley um, and and make sure Josh is there. But you know they they like Calvin Ridley. Doug Peterson likes Calvin Ridley, and and Trent Balky, yeah, I've been told, really likes Calvin Ridley. So let's see if they can get something done there. But that one I would think would be um, uh, something that you know Ridley's going to get a lot of interest on the open market when he hits free agency. So the Jags might find themselves in a situation where, wow, uh, yeah, we're not going to, you know, like the Juwan Taylor situation. They wanted to bring Juwan back, but once he got offered $20 million a year from the Chiefs, they were like, yep, not doing that. Right. Um, and that, you know, I don't know what that number is for Calvin Ridley from the Jags' perspective, but, you know, they're not going to sit there and overextend themselves on, on him. I can pretty much guarantee that. Well, look, uh, D-Ron, I thought Trent Baalke speaking about Calvin Ridley made it very evident how he felt about him. He talked about, I love this guy. He's all about ball, you know, like, and whether that's just to pat himself on the back because he's the one who brought him here, whatever, it doesn't matter. It, it seemed very evident that Trent Baalke had interest in bringing Calvin Ridley back. So what do you make of when you get a report on an unnamed source, anonymous source coming out of the senior bowl, the Jags were very disappointed in Ridley. I'm sure there were things to be disappointed about, right? But it, it made it seem like the overall attitude towards him was pessimism. He was too skinny was one of the uh, criticisms uh, that we heard last week. Do you put any credence into these kind of reports, or is this just kind of the scuttlebutt of the offseason? I think it's a little bit of the scuttlebutt of the offseason. Um, like, yeah, were there aspects of, last season that they were not happy with? Absolutely. You know, did they not like that, that he ran wrong routes and he did not get the adjustment? But yeah, absolutely. They didn't like that, but he played every game. You know, he didn't miss a game with an injury. Um, I had not heard anything about them being upset at his weight or his size. You know, did you hope that you would get more downfield stuff from him? Yes, but that's, you know, that's part of, the problem with the offensive line as well. I mean, we can always go back to, you know, to that. And then you also have Trevor who's banged up for the, basically the last, you know, third of the season and, you know, no Christian Kirk and teams are able to really kind of concentrate on Ridley. And, and oh, by the way, no Zay as well for most of it. So, you know, yeah, there were a lot of factors that went into that, but I know there's a belief in that building that him coming back in the second year in that offense with Trevor Lawrence, uh, would be a significant, uh, they would expect a significant boost in his production. Just the familiarity. Uh, you know, and Ridley said it in the locker room the day after the season ended. Yeah, it's like Trevor and I, we really weren't, we didn't get a chance to work a ton. You know, we weren't on the same page uh, a lot and all that stuff. Um, you know, he, we threw a bunch, but it wasn't enough. Uh, you know, he felt like they could do a lot more. So, you know, this kind of year, all kinds of stuff gets out there. Um, you know, some of that stuff gets floated out there, so other teams think, huh, you know what? He's skinny, he didn't really work hard. Well, right, right. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, yeah, maybe we're not, you know, we're yeah. going to offer him $12 million a year, or whatever the number would be, yeah. type of thing. So, you know, it's um, we have entered, the, you know, the, I don't know, the 10% season, as I like to call it. You know, I believe about 10% of the stuff that's floated out there because it's, at this time of year and in free agency, and especially as we get closer to the draft, it's all floated out by teams. 
you know, that information that gets out, it's getting out or being put out for a reason. It's not just, hey, someone found that out. Somebody's leaking stuff like that. There's always an ulterior motive about it. So I kind of believe, like I said, 10% of what I hear. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Do you believe that Cam Robinson will be the team's opening day left tackle next year? Yeah, we were talking about that the other day. I can't remember who I was. And, and I we were on both sides of the, the, the thing there. I do think that because if not, you're creating another issue. Um, now, look, do, you, do I think Cam Robinson will be the starter in 2025? Yeah, probably not. But this team has some significant issues that they have to address this offseason. And if you do not have Cam Robinson, now you've created another issue that you have to address. Walker Little hasn't proven he can stay healthy. Um, you know, Walker Little has been a really good safety net as a swing tackle who can play both. Um, I'm not necessarily sure I believe the you move Anton to left and make Cam play right, and if he's unhappy, so what? Uh, I think it kind of he stays at left tackle. So, you know, I think a, you know I've seen some mo- early early mock drafts that have the Jags taking a left tackle in the first round. I don't see it, uh, especially if Cam's back, because now you're that's a pick for 2025, and and we all know this this regime is probably under a lot of pressure to get back to the postseason and make a deep run and and getting a, a left tackle to start in 2025 if Cam Robinson's still on the roster doesn't help that. Yeah, I, look, I think there are a lot of ways they can go though, man. It, you know, if you save that 16 million, if you do let him go. You've got two options on your team. To You could either play Walker Little at left or Anton at left and vice versa at right. Uh, draft a right tackle at 17 with the idea of playing Walker Little at guard for a year or making him your swing tackle, which he kind of is right now. I think there are a lot of different ways you can go because it depends on how much money they need to open up to franchise tag Josh Allen. I mean, they don't even have enough money right now to apply the tag, D-Rock, without – making some adjustments to this roster and the salary cap. Yeah, but, I mean, that's – you can create space. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? There's going to be some guys that are released. Like, I expect Rayshon Jenkins to be released. I expect Brandon Sheriff to be released. Right, but as you um, do that, you if know. you release Brandon Sheriff, there's another hole that you're open. I'm not saying they won't. You're right. They're going to do that. But, you know, at least with Sean, you feel like you've got an in-house option in Antonio Johnson to elevate into that spot. Right, and and you don't need to take a guard high in the draft either. Um, that's a that's a position you can get in the third, fourth, fifth round and feel pretty good about the guys that you get. And they love, um, you know, the kid from Baker County. Why am I blanking on his name right Cooper now? Cooper Hodges. Uh, Cooper Hodges. Um, they feel like he's a guy that's going to be able to step in and, and be a contributor at the very worst and maybe be a starter at that right guard spot. they got to be right, though, man. I mean, these guys never – well, small school guy never, never played make, a snap in the NFL. Correct. But they never make those determinations thinking, what if we're wrong? They always make those things go, feeling like they're right, like they trust that they evaluated the kid right. They trust what they saw in camp last year before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. They trust his toughness, trust his strength. They don't make those decisions and go, oh, holy crap, I hope we're right. Um, you know, that is that arrogance or confidence? Yeah, probably both. But, um, you know, they didn't draft him hoping he'd be a really good player. They drafted him thinking he would be. Where do you expect the Jags to focus their free agency efforts this year after basically taking a season last year to say we're not interested in playing the game? Yeah, I don't know that it's it, – 
I don't expect them to be as aggressive as they were when they signed Kirk and Foye and, and you know, Zay, that group, um, and Ingram, obviously. I think it's more going to be what we saw last year. Um, you know, I think they're going to take a look at some of those offensive linemen that are available, interior offensive linemen. Um, but I don't expect them to be buyers at a premium position like corner and certainly edge rusher. Uh, you know, I, I don't see them spending a ton of money and resources there. You know, receiver, you know, that might be a different deal if, if you don't feel like you're bringing um, Calvin Ridley back. But again, you're not going to be, you know, if Key Higgins somehow hits free agency, which none of us expect that, um, you know, you're not probably going to be players for Key Higgins either. So more of, a, of an approach like last year in terms of looking for some value as opposed to the year before where they were needing to get big time starters. All right, D-Rock, uh, let's take a quick look at our question of the day, let you weigh in before we let you out of here this morning. Uh, assuming Trevor Lawrence eventually signs a long-term deal, let's say he's here for at least a decade, okay? What's the peak the Jags will reach in his time with the team? Will it be a Super Bowl championship, an AFC championship, an appearance in the AFC title game, or have they already peaked uh, by making it to the divisional round? What would you say? <laughs> I mean, well, there are only three ways you can go up, already, right? Right. Yeah, I don't think they've already peaked. Okay. No. Um, you know, that being said, we know what the AFC is loaded with um, in uh, in terms of quarterbacks and teams. You know, things change, obviously, but, you know, you can't be happy if you're the Jags with, with Jim Harbaugh over there in, in uh, L.A. with Justin Herbert. So, you know, I, I'll say they – I don't think people understand just how hard it is to just get to a conference title game because for 20 years you watch the Patriots go do it, and now we've seen Pat Mahomes in Kansas City do it. Um, it's all Blake Bortles do it. Yeah, but you know, I just don't think people understand just how hard it is to just get to the conference title game and then even to win that and get to the Super Bowl. So. I'll be optimistic and say they make one Super Bowl um, in the next decade. They put it all together for one year. Trevor has a you know MVP kind of season because I think he's capable of that, and they make a Super Bowl appearance. They make an appearance. Yes, I don't know if they're going to win it. I mean, I don't you know I don't know putting you down for AFC champs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, right. I think they could be. I think they could win the AFC one year out of the next ten. Absolutely, now, we're going to save this. And when the Jags make the Super Bowl, we're going to say, D-Rock already told you they're going to lose. <laughs> like, why would you listen to this guy? So, uh, no, all kidding aside. I completely, totally expect that. No, Well, you know no that I'll, I will take that. advantage of that if I possibly can. I, the, the thing is, by tomorrow, I'll forget you even said it. So there, that works in your favor <laughs> as well, uh, Mike D-Rocko. Uh What do you have cooking now that the Pro Bowl week is done? What's the, what's the offseason you know, between now and, say, the draft look like for you at ESPN.com? Yeah, I've got some free agent busy work to do. You know, I got to put together some blurbs of the guys that are going to be impending free agents and get that, you know, filed already for, you know, help when teams do sign those guys. And, you know, I'm working on a story on the stadium and, um, you know, I've got hopefully uh, an Evan Ingram story that's going to get done in the next week or, or so. But uh, a lot of it's going to, you know, kind of depend on, uh, you know, obviously what happens with with Josh and, and, you know, we'll see what happens with Calvin Ridley heading into free agency. Right on, brother. All right. Hey, uh, check out Mike on 
Twitter or X at ESPN Duraco, and he'll be uh, frequently popping in with us in the offseason looking for another triumphant run at the Breakfast Bowl title in 2024. Uh, D-Rock, all the best. Thanks for stopping by, and uh, when the weather warms up a little bit, I'll see you out there on the golf course. 100%. Thanks, guys. Thank you, buddy. There he goes, Mike Duraco on his way back from Orlando right now. He just made it within the parameters, Tony. Tampa <laughs> might have been a bridge too far, but we got a little bit of coverage on uh, Josh Allen, Evan Ingram, and Ross Matisik. Congrats mm-hmm. to those guys for being named to the Pro Bowl this year. Halfway home, if you want to get in, 641-1010. Tell us, assuming Trevor Lawrence eventually signs a long-term deal to remain in Jacksonville, what's the peak that the Jags will reach in his tenure with the team? That's your Chad and Sandy Real Estate question of the day here on Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, take a little mid-show look in on where things stand as far as your predictions on where the Jags will peak in the Trevor Lawrence era. This is assuming the Trevor Lawrence era is not just a rookie contract. This is at least a second contract, big-time extension. Are the guys talking about it on uh, primetime on Friday, what the numbers will be? Or Matt say, like, $300 million will start at $300 million. I, I don't know. It depends on how many years that deal is for. Um, you know, obviously you want to sign it if you're the team to get as many deals as possible because the, or as many years as possible, because that the contracts for quarterbacks at the top are just going to keep rising, right? Then see any thought process behind them getting smaller for the elite quarterbacks. No, I'm not saying that Trevor Lawrence deserves to be considered an elite quarterback right now, but you might have to pay him like one, you know, happened Um, to Daniel Johnson deck. So, I mean, if you're Trevor's can, why don't you think that you're part of that group? You know? I mean, statistically, he's not been what Dak Prescott has been, right? But he's also won a playoff game. He's won half as many playoff games as Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott have won in considerably more years uh, in the league at this point in time. Anyway, we're asking today, um, assuming he signs long-term to stay in Jacksonville, I'm thinking a minimum 10-year career. That's kind of how I'm looking at Mm -hmm. it. Uh, Super Bowl champs pulling in just under 60%. So it's like a 60-40 split, whether or not you believe Trevor Lawrence will get you over the hump and win a championship. And quite frankly, man, I mean, I know when Trevor got here, we're all like, it's going to be three, it's going to be five, it's going to be Super Bowl after Super Bowl. We had a caller this morning said it's going to be the next dynasty. Mm-hmm. Maybe they will, Tone. Honestly, I'd settle for one. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to win no doubt. a championship. And we get, you know, you look, it's not so hard for Kansas City. Well, they fell into the right guy. They are, And I say fell into, I'm not saying it was pure luck. You know, there were, uh, I was listening to some anecdotes last week about how uh, they had basically identified Patrick Mahomes when he was a freshman. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though he didn't play much, like, had scouted him and like, wait, where do you see this guy coming out? Um, but, you know, you look at this Kansas City team, Tony, when you Saw the Jags play him in week two. Do you think they were anything very special? No. I didn't. No. Their defense, I think, has gotten a lot better. Yeah. They played well against the Jags, but the D, they, look, they've got Mahomes, who's Mahomes. They've got Kelsey, who's Kelsey. They've got Pacheco, and they've got Rasheed Rice. Those are their weapons. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right? And occasionally, a guy's going to pop up and make a big play, but their defense, the defensive line and the secondary playing really good no doubt. football right now, you know, and uh, some have argued they're the best unit that's going to be on the field for Super Bowl 58. Could be. 
and they're going up against a San Francisco defense that hasn't looked quite the same in the last month as they had for the month and a half leading up to that period of time, right? Like they are being scored on more than I think many people would have expected uh, during their playoff run to this point. So we'll see what that means for Kansas City getting ready for this Super Bowl. But yeah, defensively, the Chiefs have been good all season long. Like, like that side of the ball has been good all season long. And part of the idea of what Kansas City was early in the season is we all got to see him on Thursday night in that opener, right? We all got to see that there were four drops in that game that if any one of them had been catches instead of drops, they probably beat Detroit. Right. Right, to open up the season that week. And, and maybe then, you're feeling differently about them. Maybe. And then the next week they come here to Jacksonville, and Jacksonville's defense was a completely different unit than it was by the time we got to the end of the year. Like early on in the season, the Jags' defense was making plays week after week after week, and they did against Kansas City as well. The offense just didn't hold up their end of the bargain. And, you know, talking about whatever's going to happen with Trevor Lawrence and his next contract, I don't know how many years it's going to be. Ultimately, but I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of guys that are at the level of Trevor Lawrence or close to it. They're going to be signing long-term extensions for less than $50 million for quite a while Mm -hmm. in the NFL. Like I think 50 is going to be about where you start the negotiations with quarterbacks. If you're talking about, we want to extend them for five, six years, which I imagine when you extend Trevor Lawrence, it's going to be we want to extend them for five, You six, want to get them for as many years as possible. Right, eight years. Like, those kind of things. I expect that to be the next deal Trevor signs. I think it's going to be top of the market when he signs it. You think it'll be the top of the market? It could be. Right now, I'd say no. Uh, but I don't know that for a fact. Yeah. Like, I, just, I, I don't think he's deserving of the top of the market contract. And I don't know if I'll feel by the time he signs a contract that he is worth that. Now, sometimes you've got to pay that guy anyway because he's the next man up. Uh, we'll see about that. But yeah. about 60% right now saying they think that, yes, Trevor Lawrence will get the ultimate prize here to Jacksonville in terms of a Lombardi mm-hmm. uh, trophy. And then fairly evenly split between the other options. AFC champs getting 15%, 14.4 on playing in an AFC title game. Or uh, 10.5% say they've already peaked, meaning – yeah, they could get to the playoffs. They can win a game. They've done that, right? And if they don't ever get to the AFC title game, they would have peaked in the divisional round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look, yes, Blake Bortles made it there. He made it there with a phenomenal defense, you know, and uh, there was a long period of time with very little playoff success in between the glory days of the late 90s and yeah. making it back in 2017. Who knows? I'd like to think that because they are better positioned at quarterback – that that's going to happen. There's no guarantee for that. Yeah, not having to wait 20 years for the next one. Yeah. Oh, certainly not having to wait yeah. 20 years. I'm just in general, are you going to be, like, are you a team? I mean, if you were to name most teams and you're being fair, will Team X win a Super Bowl in the next 10 years? The answer would be a resounding no. Right? How many teams would you even say yes to? Hmm. Maybe eight? Something like that, right? And and you're probably going to miss out on a couple of teams like Detroit. Like a few years ago, you might have said no to Detroit. And now all of a sudden, they look like they've got this great young nucleus and an exciting head coach and all this stuff. That can flip in a hurry, too. What if, what if Jared Goff kind of falls by the wayside? What if he gets hurt? There's a million things that can happen sure. to a franchise. But anyway, weigh in on that one. Uh, we'll get to – won't be the final tally, but we'll get to where the tally stands at the end of the hour – uh, you can continue to vote at MD underscore 1010XL. 
on social media on that one. Got a seven-round mock draft, Tony. I love a good mock draft. No doubt. Monday mock drafts, a staple of the program. Uh, Seven-rounder here. What do the Jags do with their collection of picks? It's not that important on specifically who the players are, we find, at this stage. It's are they at least identifying the right needs for this football team? And uh, we'll discuss that coming back on the other side from Pro Football Network. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark here with you halfway home. A little over that. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, we'll get to this uh, Pro Football Network seven-round mock. That's kind of, unless we're just taking a peek at the first-rounders, those are the ones that are juicy. Kind of dig into, see if the prognosticators at least have your team figured out in terms of what they need at the present time. Before we get to that, don't want to do this a couple times a day this week so everybody is well aware of what we're doing for our Super Bowl contest. We're calling it the Jag Bag instead of the Swag Bag this year. Well, some Jaguar-themed Items. So if you're listening to this program for whatever reason, you're not down with the the teal, that's your prerogative, but that's what's on the line Mm -hmm. right here. Okay. Uh, We've got some commemorative unopened uh, bottles from the 90s, you know, some uh, going as far back as 30 years old on some of that stuff. If you're a JAG memorabilia collector, they're pretty cool. Maybe you have them, maybe you don't. Uh, I've got a Leonard Fournette Pop Funko in there. I, I know I'm looking around like the. You pick up things over the years, right? And they're really, you know, I'm getting to that point where I'm already like, what do I need any of this stuff for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. a, a wide variety of things. Uh, so uh, we'll throw in what we can, maybe some 10, 10XL gear as well. But basically send one email with like Super Bowl or Jag Bag or something like that, Super Bowl contest in the subject line. I won't be too picky about the subject line. And make two predictions. First one is which team wins Super Bowl 58 coming up. Chiefs, 49ers. If you get that one right, you move on to the second prediction, which is something that will happen during the game. Uh, for example, Travis Kelsey will catch at least five passes. Okay. Yep. It's If somebody then were to predict Travis Kelsey will catch four passes, yours is less likely to happen, right? And so as some of them are easy to weigh against each other, others are not. So all the entries, they get both predictions right, which team wins the game, plus something that happens during the game, we then vote on which of that second group of predictions was the least likely to occur. Mm-hmm. That person's declared the winner. It's all subjective based on how we feel about it, so there's no um, appeals panel or anything like that. And uh, just make sure in your email you have your full name, best phone number to contact you in case we need to do that, and you have to be able to pick up the prize here at 1010XL World Headquarters. Yep. Not saying I absolutely won't send it out, but I don't want to get committed to shipping – <laughs> Something that ends up weighing 50 pounds, yeah. you know, I just, uh, so yeah, there you have it. You know, by the way, uh, our South American producer is in town as of oh. tonight. Cristiano will be setting foot in Duval proper uh, tonight. And uh, rumor has it, he's going to be coming over here to take pockets. I mean, uh, just come visit us tomorrow <laughs> at 10 XL world headquarters. So uh, weekly contract remember? It, it's week to week. Uh, uh-huh. y- you serve at the pleasure of Jaguars today, sir. <laughs> All right, but he will be visiting us tomorrow, so uh, looking forward to that. He's going to come stop by the studio. I, I will say this, Pockets, I, I no speaking for taste, but Cristiano, when he contacted me, said he was very excited about meeting Emmanuel. Ooh. No word on 
uh, young El Paquito. No, no, not a boy. No, but I'm sure he'll be overtaken by your presence once he gets to meet you uh, personally. So that'll be great. All right. Uh, so let's get into this. This is from Pro Football Network, Tony. Yeah. Um, and, just, you know, f- first of all, what they're doing, you've seen a lot of these mocks. They're projecting the Jags with their regular third-round pick, okay, which we know at the very least they're going to either be missing their third or possibly their second, mm-hmm. okay? The second-round pick's number 48. The third-rounder currently would be number 79, okay? Now, they're expected to get a third-rounder and a sixth-rounder compensatory pick, but that's not announced yet. Nope. So you'll find a lot of mocks that don't include those. So what this one did, it didn't try to guess which pick the Jags have to give up. It gave them all their regular picks, plus they have a fourth-rounder from New Orleans, okay? Mm-hmm. It did not project compensatory picks. So it shows the Jags in the third round, for instance, having picked 79. The more likely scenario is they don't have that pick. They have something like 99, right? So whatever, it'll fall after pick 96, which will be the final pick of round three. That's where the compensatory picks fall. Who knows how many third-rounders there will be. Who knows if the Jags will have the first, the seventh, the third, whatever. So somewhere in that pick 97 to 105 range, something like that is likely what's going to happen. So starts off, and again, this is not necessarily what they're saying should happen. This is just a projection, right, of how they would do it probably. <clears throat> but Jackson Powers Johnson, the center out of Oregon, his long, I think, by the pundits, been rated as the top center in this draft. Now, when we first started looking at mocks about a month ago, we saw him ranked in the mid-40s in terms of what type of overall yeah. ranking he had. Yeah, I have been curious coming out of the weekend to see You've mock drafts that are coming out, coming out of the Senior Bowl and exactly where they're going to have Jackson Powers Johnson in a bunch of these mocks. Uh, Jackson Powers Johnson and um, let's see, who was the... Uh, the other offensive linemen, the Oklahoma offensive linemen, have been the ones that I've been looking to see where exactly they wind up. Who's that? The good? What is it? The the left tackle? Yeah, guy. The left yeah. tackle. He's only played the position for a year, but apparently he had a real good week um, out at the Senior Bowl. I can't remember his name off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, we we looked at him. He was uh, in, was he in Jeremiah's top fifteen last week? He was pretty high. It, it, yeah. it was something we were looking at last week that had him either projected to go high or ranked very highly, which is not always the same thing necessarily. I'm looking at him right here. I have not seen him so far. I've gotten down into the 20s in this particular mock draft, and I've not seen. uh, There's Quinion Mitchell going at 25, uh, the corner we've talked a lot about at this point in time. But anyway, let me just Mm -hmm. say, without getting too uh, bogged down. I said Arkansas, I'm in Oklahoma. You did say Oklahoma. I did? Okay. Yeah, I, at least I heard you saying, uh, at least in my head. Tyler Guyton. Tyler Guyton, yeah. The, I, G. I knew it was a – all right, Tyler Guyton. He ha, in this one, he goes 36th overall. Okay. Could – who knows, right? Maybe he skyrockets. All right. Uh, but in this, they say the Jags need to improve their offensive line, especially at center. Oh, someone is actually paying attention mm-hmm. out there. Luke Fortner has yet to work out, has yet to work out, not – or maybe you'd look at him and say he's yet to work out. <laughs> yet to work out, yeah. But – they have a chance to add a great one in Jackson's Powers Johnson. Powers Johnson's versatility, raw power, and mobility make him a perfect option in Jacksonville with his mauler mindset, low pad level, and dense frame, Tony. Mm-hmm. At 6'3", 320, he can instantly improve the Jags' offensive line. All right. There you go. I, I mean, it's getting more evident if you're going to get him. 
you they might have to do spend that first round pick. Yeah. Right. You might if they're going to get him, it's going to have to be at 17. So presuming the Jags hang on to their second pick, the 48th in the draft, uh, this projection has them taking Leonard Taylor, the Miami defensive tackle. The interior of the Jags defensive line was disappointing in 2023. They need to add more disruption and production through the middle. Leonard Taylor the third has a great athletic profile and causes havoc when disrupting the pocket. His versatility fits well in Jacksonville where he can be lined up to cause mismatches in the trenches. How do you feel about D-tackle at that spot? Be okay with it. Yeah. Look, they obviously need help along that defensive front. I don't know how much is ultimately going to be available in free agency. That felt like a position that was pretty thin uh, to choose from, even in free agency. So whatever help they're going to add to that group, I think, has to happen in the draft. I'm okay with that's with early in day two. And it, uh, do we have any cap casualties there? Is Foley fought to Kasi, even though you don't save a ton against no, the cap? Yeah. But are you moving on from him? Because otherwise, you've got a lot of money tied up yep. in the defensive tackle position. So they've got him going. But it is def- – look, both lines of scrimmage need improving. There's no question about it. So with that, they go to the third round. Now, again, Jags likely won't have this pick. Won't be 79. Maybe it's 99, 20 picks later. But in this one, at 79, they have him going Christian Haynes, who's a guard out of UConn. So wait, we went O-line, D-line, O-line? That's actually not too bad. <laughs> Ezra Cleveland scheduled to hit free agency. This is the write-up. Adding a guard along with Powers Johnson in the first would signal a complete retooling of the Jags' offensive line over the last two seasons. That's for sure. It would do that. Yep. It'd be cheap labor coming in. And if you did go down the road where you moved on from Cam Robinson, who knows, man? All these speculations, fortunately, will have some sense in about five weeks or so mm-hmm. on exactly what's going to happen here. But uh, it says uh, Haynes has the power and strength profile to take one of the guard spots before the season. Well, he better damn well take the spot. Tired of third-round picks, not make major impacts on this football team. Yeah. Like, uh, there are enough holes on this team that a third-round guard should be able to step in and compete for a starting spot right away. No question about it. But do, would they – now, look. This is what they would do. Would Balky admit that Luke Fortner is not working out? Uh, all he needs to do is eat his Wheaties more and get in the weight room. Who knows, Tone? I don't know. And would you, as a franchise, want a rookie center and guard starting next to each other as well? I'd be uh, okay with it. You would. Yeah. Do you think the franchise would? We don't uh, know. They haven't shown that they're, they'd are they be comfortable with that to this point. Not to this point, yeah. but, you know, I mean, Luke Fortner was a starting center as a rookie, but they always, they tried to bring in that vet guard presence to help him out. He's been in the league for a and little Barch while. Barch was a real young player. He was a young player, too, yeah. yeah. I mean, Anton came in as a rook this year, so maybe they would. I don't know. Um, the rest of the picks, uh, they go corner in – trying to – See here, um, four, five, six, seven. I think this is the Saints' fourth round pick, mm-hmm. which would be one four, uh, one sixteen. Jalen Simpson, the corner out of Auburn, so going corner there. Okay, they go wide receiver Javon Baker out of UCF with their own fourth round pick. Um, the Alabama kicker, and how would you feel about any kicker in the draft? I don't, man. Late day three. Whatever. If it's like the seventh round, I don't yeah. think the fifth is late though. Yeah. I don't cons- like. I get it. If sometimes you get, it. I just feel like kickers, even the best prospects, sometimes don't hit. You look at Dallas, man. Just go find the guy that Dallas is scouting. Right. I yeah. mean, they brought in the guy this year that that didn't miss a field goal. He missed some extra points. 
I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. – and it's no, – I'm not saying it's not a need. It's clearly a need right now. You don't have a kicker. But I don't know if that's how I want to address it. Uh, they go another wide receiver out of southeast Missouri and Ryan Flournoy in round six and MJ Devonshire, a corner out of Pittsburgh. So two corners and two receivers after going two offensive linemen and a defensive lineman and then a kicker. All that is lining up with needs, no question about it. So at least I'll give them credit for doing their homework on that. Yeah, at least they're addressing needs for the football team. I'll get, yeah, give them credit for that. Although, you know, we talk about this when we get these seven-round drops and these seven-round mocks, which we mention it every time we go through them. But, yeah, it's more are they hitting that what we feel like are the actual needs for the football team. I saw um, at home, I think, over at CBS or uh, that he had – the Jags taking um, defensive end in the first round of the draft, basically with the thought being if they let Josh Allen go, and it's like, well, that ain't happening. They're not letting him go. Like it's, I I don't even think the Latu pick, which is who they had him taking out of UCLA, I don't think that's a ridiculous pick in that spot. With Josh Allen coming back, I would be okay with the idea of taking – a defensive end in that particular spot, but it's not going to be because Josh Allen may not be here. Josh Allen's going to be on the team next year, and it's I can't take anything else you're going to say about the team seriously. Right. If you say that, if you say, look, maybe he plays under the franchise tag and he's not here for the long term, okay. Right. I mean, yeah, that's certainly possible. I, I can't rule that out entirely. I mean, that's kind of what we brought up with Mike DiRocco. We don't look, I think Josh Allen will play this year. Right, but yes. if I'm Josh Allen and you franchise tag me, am I going to show up for anything if I'm not under contract until right before the start of the season? No. And then if I don't, and I get it, he came in, he showed up in great shape last year and all that. But are are you with if you do go down that road, you haven't been to minicamp, OTAs, training camp. Are you in the kind of shape to make an impact early in the season? And we're paying you right. at that point, like one of the top five guys at your position. We need you to make an impact for 17 games. You know, that's not to say you're going to rescind the franchise tag. That's just one of the dangers of not getting something done before the franchise tag window closes because you just don't know at that point. Maybe Josh Allen goes, hey, look, I'll play it out on the tag. I'll see you in early September. Mm-hmm. And that would be his prerogative. And what are you going to do? Remove it? Somebody will still have cap. Someone out there will have the cap space and the creativity to get him signed no doubt. to a long-term deal. You're not going to let him walk. Um, and they made that very clear, nor should they let him walk. Just what are the particulars between now and March 4th or 5th, whatever the deadline is for applying that tag? Mm -hmm. How hard do they try to get a deal done? Or are they content to go, "Eh, we got plenty of time, we got months, we'll let this play out, we're going to make sure he doesn't go anywhere by applying the tag with the goal. I mean, there's so many benefits to getting the deal done early. And it did feel, you know, mentioning when we're talking to D-Rock about the potential situation they could have been in if Ingram had had to play the year under the franchise tag. Now, luckily, that isn't how it worked out, and they'd be going into this offseason with the two guys they have. Plus Ingram. Plus Ingram, right? And so you look at what would that look like next year. Well, it's not quite the situation they're in this year as far as the names that would be on that list, but it would mean – They'd still be trying to figure out what to do with Josh Allen, right? Are they going to franchise him for the second year in a row? And really, the other question would be Tyson Campbell would be the big one. Andre Sisco would be on that list. Like, those kind of guys, Walker Little has become less and less part of that conversation about being worried about what his long-term future looks like in Jacksonville. But it would be better for the team to not have to be making a decision again between 
Josh Allen and Tyson Campbell, and we only got one, right? Like, it, it would be nice to have that handled this offseason to not have to be put in that situation again. They want to hold on to Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley is my guess. Yeah. They want both back in the building. They can't make that happen because they only got one tag. Well, they can, though. They got to pay big money for Calvin. Okay. Or pay big money for Josh yeah. and get it done. And, and they and seem very content right now to play out the do. tag on Josh. But, look, they're not stupid. You may think their actions tell you otherwise, but they're at least aware yeah. of the circumstances, right? They know that if Calvin hits free agency, they don't have control over sure. which way it goes, you know? And uh, I wonder if they've spoken with his representation at this point. I, but I, I hope not, honestly, because – that would be a terrible signal to send if you're reaching out to his camp over Josh Allen's camp at this point in time. So uh, we'll sit back and see how it plays out over the next five weeks or so. We'll come back on the other side, take a look at the Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day and weigh in ourselves on that one. What's the peak we'll see the Jaguars get to in the Trevor Lawrence era here in Jacksonville? Will Super Bowl 59 or one of the ones that follow feature the Jags maybe in winning? The Lombardi Trophy. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark here with you. You're listening to Jaguars Today. Keep it right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL. Apparently it might be International Week on Jaguars Today. We have Christoph visiting us in studio tomorrow from Brazil, mm-hmm. which is very nice. You know, trying to show how much he wants that producing job full time. <laughs> Making that trip up. Just saying pockets. I can be bought. Something to... Watch out for tomorrow. Watch that guy. Uh, but, no, we'll enjoy having him stop by the studio tomorrow. Our man, Christoph, has made the trip across the pond uh, from the U.K. many a time uh, to visit, including, I believe, once when Christoph, uh, we had the gang all together down at the stadium um, not that long ago. And he joins us now. Christoph, uh, haven't heard from you in a little while, man. Good to hear from you. What's going on? Well, it's good to hear you guys, obviously. So what's up, brother? Um. I was just wondering, what do you guys think is going to be the situation with Travis Etienne? Obviously, you guys go on about like what's going to happen with sure. Alvin Ridley, yeah. Josh Allen, and Trevor Lawrence. But what about Etienne? He's been one of the more productive guys on offense. Obviously, when he got hurt and was dealing with whatever he was dealing with during the season, mm-hmm. the offense went down the drain. And yeah, <laughs> so that was it, basically. And I'll take your guys' comments off the air. All right, brother. Good to talk to you, man. Happy New Year uh, across the pond. Uh, my suspicion, Tony, is they'll apply, they'll activate the fifth year option mm-hmm. on Travis Etienne, which he'll have to do this offseason, right? Because he's going into year four, right? yes. the last year of his rookie deal. Correct. Uh, coming up. So they'll um, accept the fifth year option. What's the term I'm looking for with the fifth year option? Uh, uh, pick it up. Pick. I, yeah, I guess yeah. pick it up, pick up the fifth year option. And that I think that's uh, overwhelmingly likely that might be it for him in Jacksonville, yep. quite frankly. I just think it, it's – will this team – I don't know what situation will be in cap-wise the next time he'd have to look at getting a long-term deal. But, I mean, if he's going to be looking at, who knows, $10 million bucks a year or whatever. You know, you see what these running backs get sometimes. Now, you know, maybe it's a Miles Sanders-type deal where he got $6 million Last year, I think ETN's a better player, but I think the likelihood is that 
whether it's Tank Bigsby or a guy who's not yet even in the National Football League, yeah. that uh, after a couple more years, the Jags will probably move on from Travis. At Etienne. the running back position, there are nine players that are averaging over $10 million a year. I don't want to be paying one of those guys. Right. Nine. Uh, and that list is McCaffrey, Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs. Right? And Tony like Pollard. Nine. Okay. Saquon Barkley. Yeah, those guys were playing on the franchise tag yeah. this year. Those are the guys that this year are getting ten million. Or I mean, more could could they franchise tag him for a year or something like that? Sure, could. I mean, look, I think they might want to sign him to like a three year extension, but I just it depends on what the money looks like yeah. and, and what other kind of holes you've created for yourself between right. now and then. And by the way, the gap after that it goes from ten down to seven. Right, there's nobody in between there as far as what they're getting on an annual basis. It goes from ten with Saquon. James Conner gets seven. Okay. That's next on the list. Miles Sanders, 6.35. And he was the big winner in free agency last year, and it was a bust. Yeah. Austin Eckler, 6.1. Right. And think about all that Austin Eckler had done in his career. Now, granted, older player. Absolutely. And they looked like the Chargers made the right decision there. And then David Montgomery at six. Joe Mixon at 5.75. I kept going because Bijan Robinson is right below Joe Mixon. And he's on a rookie deal. Right, at five and a half. To give you an idea of where the running back market is, I don't see even as good a, a player as ETN has been the last couple of years on the field, I don't see the team investing big money at the running back spot like that. All right, let's do that. we got a lot to do in the final few minutes. Quick swing around the National Football League. Now, Gems Around the NFL. Brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. The Las Vegas Raiders are expected to hire former Chicago Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getze to be their new OC. Former Arizona head coach Cliff Kingsbury reportedly removed his name from consideration for that job late last week. He has since been hired by Washington to come in and be their new offensive coordinator. The New Orleans Saints are letting pieces of their offensive staff go after hiring Clint Kubiak to be their new offensive coordinator. Those changes will include letting go of Doug Marone, who has worked as the Saints offensive line coach for the last two seasons following his four-year tenure uh, as the head coach of the Jags from 2017 to 2020. Dougie, Dougie, Doug, out of a job. Um, so so be it. Uh, He'll find another one somewhere. I'm sure he will. Yeah. That's, you know, position coaches usually get recycled over and over and over again. All right, let's uh, take a look at today's Poll question in the form of the 10-10 take. 10-10 take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take. Brought to you by Leonard Truck Accessories. All right, I'm not going to be that guy. I am going to vote for the Jags winning a Super Bowl if you presume that Trevor Lawrence gets an extension here. Although, you know, that's somewhat voting with my heart. Because if we were outside this market, we'd look at it and – you know, Doom sent me a thing here. He said, look, uh, 16 teams in the AFC and 13 of them have appeared in the AFC title game over the last 24 years in reference to Mike DeRocco saying how hard it is to get to that point. Doesn't mm-hmm. seem that hard. That's over a 24-year period. That's just getting to the AFC title game, right? So, and I get it. That's what he's talking about. But if you presume Trevor signs an extension, okay, so what does that guarantee? Another seven years in Jacksonville? Yeah. Maybe something like the seven or eight? Maybe not. Maybe even more, but it's not 24 years. Yeah. And that's only getting to the title game in the conference. So Yeah, you look at the other quarterbacks in the AFC, right? I think most people would say Mahomes and Burrow because we've seen both of them in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right, recently. That those guys Lamar are, Jackson's gonna win another MVP. Like, do you think Lamar Jackson's gonna win a Super Bowl? 
Do you think he's going to play in a Super Bowl? I think he could. Right. Uh, how about I'm, Herbert? I mean, I think he has a better chance with Harbaugh there, but Herbert also, I wonder about his clutch DNA because we haven't seen it in the postseason. Right. With the point, especially with the Herbert thing, the point being how much ahead or behind of Herbert is Trevor Lawrence. How about Josh Allen? I think we like to think of him as ahead of Herbert because he beat him head to head. Yeah. But uh, is he really? Right. Josh Allen? Uh, Josh like, Allen's ahead of Trevor. Right. But Hasn't How long played will he the remain there and yet. he hasn't gotten there? Right, right. No, like it's, it's, it's a difficult road to get to that point in your career. And really, in the AFC, I think, yeah, Mahomes and Burrow, the expectation is going to be pretty much every year, if they both remain healthy, that they're going to have a chance, right, to play in a Super Bowl here in the near future. We're, we're trying to project a little bit here over the course of 10 years right? with the idea of there being a second contract for Trevor. So it expands the window on these kind of things, but I don't think Mahomes' window is ending right oh, no. during that 10-year period. We like, saw it this year, right? You right? thought uh, this this is a, a year for the window to at least close to right. not let the draft in Like, I wouldn't be surprised if a championship window for Josh Allen ends in that period of time. It could, absolutely. Right, you know, but, that but, kind of thing. But who else comes into the league absolutely. in that period of time and becomes – what if what if Jaden Daniels goes to New England and becomes the next hot thing, Could right? Be. Or Drake May or whomever the case may be. I still voted for Super Bowl champs because I, I, I just have to believe. Yeah. I, I just do. I don't want to. I don't want to. Three years into it, think eh, we've seen the best. All right. And honestly, if I'm playing, like if I was outside of the market, I'm just like gambling on this. I'd probably say play in the AFC title game because it is that hard to get to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. And all those teams that played in the title game, not all of them made it to the Super Bowl. Jags have never done it historically. Uh, and like you said, there's such intense competition. But right now, over 525 votes, 60% still believe that a Super Bowl championship will be in the future if Trevor Lawrence gets a long-term deal done, which mm-hmm. I believe he will get do uh, done with the Jags. Uh, 15% going AFC champs is where they max out, so a Super Bowl appearance without the title. Playing in the AFC title game at 14%, and uh, 11% say they've already peaked by making it to the divisional round of the playoffs. We have not peaked. We're only going to get better. XL Primetime is right now. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Joe, see in the house, my St. Augustine Mafia what brother. What is happening? What is happening? <laughs> well, I tell you, Joey, I, you know me. I'm, I'm probably outdoors as much as right. any of us here, but I, I mean, wear the sleeves all uh, the time, right? Right. I got that winter uh, hail going <laughs> on whiteness. hardcore right now, man. You're, the winter whiteness. I, like, I look at my legs. I don't think I could, like, I put them out there. Who but, are you? I thought you had Mexican heritage. I know. My brother stayed brown, but I didn't. Like, I... I <laughs> I put my white legs out there. The sun won't even talk to them. That's it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I don't know, man. I don't. You know, look. Quite honestly, don't care. I'm off the market. Have been for a long time. Much to the the, the fortune of all the ladies in Northeast Florida and everywhere. And my wife seems to like me. So. I, who am I trying to Go impress? Go figure, right? But, Honestly. But it is weird. The legs just, they, I don't know why they, why it's not working, but it won't work. All right, uh, so, Joey, we're asking today. that We want to be Super Bowl-themed this week, but tie it in with the Jags. Sure. So, yeah. presuming Trevor Lawrence signs an extension. He, he's here for a minimum, like, a 10-year period to start mm-hmm, his career. Mm-hmm. Maybe longer. Right. Where do they peak? Do they win a Super Bowl? Do you still have that belief? 
or is it somewhere in between what they've done already? Because making it to the divisional round is not a small yeah. accomplishment. Uh, no, we shouldn't dismiss it. I, I, I've learned the final four is, is the way we should appreciate the NFC and AFC mm-hmm. because we do in college basketball, we appreciate the final four because then, I, I don't know, you always have to have a little bit of luck. But making to the Super Bowl is still that did you or didn't you? If you're, if you're talking about a great quarterback, did you or didn't you? Well, here's the crazy thing. If you look at the National Football League starting quarterbacks right now, how many of them have made it? Not many. No. Burrow, no. Stafford, Goff. There just aren't that many. And, and Mahomes is now ruling the day, of course. Uh, and, and we've seen Tom Brady step away. Josh Allen's been in the league for how long? Over a half decade. And he's been an enormous talent and hasn't made it yet. So, Have they made it to the AFC title game? No. Yeah. The, I thought they – I don't I, think they have. Okay, no. maybe not. Maybe not because I was thinking that great game – with the, no, that was the overtime. Round. They, right, was they thought this okay. year would be the year because you have Kansas City at home. They've not and, made it then. And then yeah. Kansas City lost to Baltimore you think Cincinnati about that? the next week. And, and yeah. now right. okay, you're right. so that Stephon was Diggs, game. mysteriously, the second half of the year, his production went off the table. Yeah. Is he still an elite receiver? And maybe right. he – but you know what I mean? Like how And how long does it stay that way? Yeah, because he had to go to – Gabe Davis, which is one of his guys that he loves, Shakira, or however you say his name. I like to say Shakira. Shakira. Yeah. I like to say Shakira. <laughs> Shakira. But anyway, um, but there's, he had to go to other weapons, two different tight ends that they've been throwing the football to. Bottom line is, is he's an enormous talent. He's been in the league since 18, so he's not made it. And so basically – Omar hasn't made it. No, you're talking about, I think, three or four guys in the league right now that have made it. That is it. Yeah. And so going it, back and looking, by the way, Buffalo did lose the AFC Championship game to Kansas City. Okay, I was thinking that, would, but that may not have been the OT game then. I, I no, thought that they, OT was divisional. Okay. Yeah, they, okay. the Chiefs beat them so that one. year, thirty-eight okay, twenty-four. Yeah. yeah, and still, that's only one game further than Trevor Lawrence right. has taken the Jags. Yeah. yeah, and it's not in recent memory either. To Correct. Tony's point. Right, so we had yeah. to go back a few yeah. years. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Anyway, we'll be uh, you know talking about those kind of topics all week long. I'm sure you'll be tying in some uh, Jaguar-related Super Bowl talk as well. Uh, what are you guys getting into today? Yeah, speaking of the Jags uh, and, and Freddie Taylor, maybe a Hall of Fame recognition coming. We don't know. His running backs coach, Gerald Ingram, is going to hang out with nice. us in the noon hour. He will pop in, tell some uh, good old stories, and then we'll have Bianchi, who was at Mike Bianchi, who was at the Pro Bowl, talking a little bit about what m- maybe the latest will be with the stadium. Uh, down there, possibly for Jacksonville, and then the quarterback whisper in the two o'clock hour. And we got prop bets for the Super Bowl. We'll be doing all kinds of stuff. Beautiful. All right, Joey, have a good show right, coming up. Uh, by the way, uh, new feature on Tuesday. So we'll just take the question today. We're going to make it a Tuesday top five yeah. every week. So I uh, wanted to give you a little ahead time to think here. Ahead time to think, Tony. <laughs> time to think ahead. Time to think, whatever. <laughs> it's all the same. I hope, you know, just jumble my words in whatever order uh-huh. you'd like them. And it, Probably gets the same gist. Who's that on the uh, broadcast right there? Anyway, I uh, got distracted by uh, an attractive golf announcer. Uh, all right. Uh, so tomorrow what we're doing is your five favorite Super Bowl memories. Okay. It could be a single play. Could be, you know, maybe you went to a Super Bowl. Maybe you watched one with your your dad when you were a kid and it got sure. you into football. It could be anything, right? It could be you watch one of your favorite players go on to play in the Super Bowl, even if it wasn't for your franchise. Whatever it is, uh, just your five favorite Super Bowl memories tomorrow, and uh, we'll give you hours, and we'll count them down throughout the day and uh, have some fun with that and continue to monitor all things Jacksonville Jaguars. That'll do it for us today. Thanks to Mike DiRocco of ESPN for stopping by. Uh, Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark, excellent job as always. I'm Mike Dempsey. 
Keep it right here for XL Primetime. Coming up next for the next three hours on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Yo, Jacksonville. Man, y'all get off of T-Law.